The following podcast may contain adult themes and strong language, like git and flapdoodle. They were old friends called Max and Mitch, and they didn't know what to do. So they pushed themselves to understand another human's point of view. The fear of growing gray and old with walking sticks and dentures has emboldened them to take the horns of life's curious adventures. They vow to pass no judgment, they seek no greater claim. They just want to find the common thread that proves we're all the same. Now pay attention, motherfuckers, if you follow them down this road. You might hear things unconventional or not quite Alamo. Be sure your hearts are open and your minds are Ah, fuck this Can we just start the show? How much are you paying me for this? Well, this is an interesting intro Novelty Novelty People won't know this You may know this by the bird song But we're outside We've gone al fresco for our intro We're outside <laughs> for the intro No, intro is just short for introduction, isn't it? Yeah And the real reason is we just ran out of time but it was poor management on <laughs> yeah, our part. basically yes that's all right we'll be honest we'll be transparent with you guys but there's a fortuitous mistake because this is lovely no glorious we're basking in the sunshine we're actually we've stepped out we're in the shade we're in the shade under a, a beautiful little tree yep in it's pimlico in london <laughs> glorious lovely pimlico vibes um so we're meeting today now yep. um, because as you know it's my last surprise last to you ever surprise and, you know, I was thinking about doing something really extreme, yep. but, but, but no, because we should Just save that for, back, yeah. for the last yeah. thing that we do, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what that is yet? Who knows what we it is yet? We don't. Do you know what it is yet? I don't. No. No. We should decide what that is. Yeah, no, we should probably learn from this mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll be back here in a few weeks yeah. being like, <laughs> we're just going to do some tree spotting. Yeah, we're also homeless now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically what we're doing is tomorrow night mm. and we I thought we should meet now because you definitely wouldn't be able to just rock up and do it. Okay. I mean, you you might be able to, but it might, you know, I want to give you a chance to do it like... It's a bit of prep. Yeah, to really delve deep and... Oh, okay. Well, like, as and in, prepare. Like to look inside myself as opposed to Very much external so. items. Very much so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because we, we are meeting a community, mm. but um, this one is very much a sort of challenge for yourself uh, yeah. and a sort of creative self-led challenge that will be shared okay okay i'm gonna get my pre-prepared statement Please, out because now. everything <laughs> is a confusion for me now i mean there were lots of like really like horrific options i could have gone yeah. for but i thought no let's look inside ourselves which could be more horrific yeah yeah which is harder yeah, once you get this shit out it's yeah, out exactly if i just like push you out of a plane or whatever I, that would be easy i pride myself on keeping these demons locked down well they're all gonna come out here they come right pre-prepared here we go pre-prepared statement Envelope moment. Mitchell. Hello. As we reach the end of the season, indeed my last surprise, it's right, wind, <laughs> it's right that we should take stock of our adventures, challenges, and achievements. 
And something I feel we could further explore is our ability, or lack of ability, to challenge ourselves creatively in ways we have not touched upon in our lives. Okay. A gauntlet is to be laid down. Oh. The challenge laid before us. It's like a knight's tale. Get your quills out, your right. ink pots brimmed, and your emotions sharpened. Because tomorrow night at 7pm, you'll be standing in front of a room full of discerning individuals as you present a piece of your own poetry aloud. Fucking hell. You must write an original piece of poetry to share at the Poetry Unplugged event at the Poetry Cafe. An independent vegetarian cafe and buzzing performance venue. Oh, I love the veggie bit. A quiet place to write and a spotlit... Nerve-wracking. Place to perform in the heart of Covent Garden. Oh... God. The Poetry Cafe welcomes visitors, locals, tourists, poetry lovers, and all those in search of a great cup of tea or coffee. Nice. So brush up on your Whitman, Yeats, Wordsworth, Hardy, Wilde, Keats, Blake, Kipling, Milton, Byron, and Tolkien. They're all poets apart from one who is a lovely cake maker. He makes exceedingly good ones. Exceedingly <laughs> good ones. So yeah, I, so I'm going to be doing it with you. Yep. I haven't thought about, thought about it at all. So but, yeah. So you've not planned a, a poem yet. No, you've not written anything. Nothing. Oh, so we're going into this from now. The now clock is ticking. the clock is ticking. You you got to get you got to get. So some is it an open thing together. or we got a slot? We're booked. It's open mic. Right. But they know we're coming. Okay. They know we're recording. And, oh God. Um, oh God. What are you gonna do? I've got no Can I idea. Copy yours and the then reason, you go first. <laughs> the reason why I haven't spoke like thought about yeah. it is because I have no idea. No. The idea of like sitting down with like a blank piece of paper and trying to write a poem. Oh, never shit. done that in my How life. How long does it have to be? Um, between four and five minutes. Four and five minutes. It can be shorter. It's a tome. Um, okay. <laughs> that's an age. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's why I'm telling you with like just over twenty-four hours, so oh, we can try great. and get pen to paper. Okay. Yeah. Poems. They have to rhyme. Do no, they? they don't have no? to rhyme. Okay. Um, no. I don't have to rhyme. <laughs> it has to be four to five minutes. But also, like, what's it going to be about? But yeah, exactly. So there's no set theme. There's no set theme. It's just a poem that you have written. Oh, God. I've, now I feel like I, I need to be really, like, political and, and you know, subversive. Yeah, you could. Like, bring down the power. Yeah. And all the poets sat there in their berets, like, yeah, really good. Smoking Maybe. cigarettes on cigarette holders. Exactly, yeah. I can't smoke inside now, can you? We will. It's fine. Yeah, yeah let's bring <laughs> yeah. it back. Um, maybe I'll shave my beard off. Whoa! Yeah, I know. Oh, shit. Yeah, Nudie face for it. I'll like, be a poem about my beard and I'll I shave it off naked. again. I don't know what element of performance... <laughs> <laughs> it's more about the poetry, isn't it? It's a bit more, yeah, I think it's, if I, I think try and hide behind my cock and balls in that scenario, <laughs> it's only going to go... I mean, poorly. it would be a distraction, but let's focus on <laughs> the poetry. All right, so, doesn't have to rhyme. Four to five minutes. Any theme I like. But, you know, maybe we should, like, delve... Delve deep and get emotional. Yeah, let's get let's get real. Yeah, let's get real. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm gonna. You're, right, you're so right. This is the time. Poetry. The point of poetry is to is to creatively voice something yeah. from within, right? Yeah, yeah. And to sort of work out what you feel about stuff. Have you been reading any poetry? No. Yeats is the dark shit, right? Um. Yes, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Mm, I might take that kind of gothic turn on it. I think they're all dark. Yeah. It's a, so there's a thing called the Poetry Society which is at the Poetry Cafe, and it's just right in the middle of Common Garden. Oh, shit. So I think it's, yeah, Who it's a real thing. Who is the most famous poet of the society? Um, I don't know. Just say one. Wordsworth. Wordsworth, yeah. Fuck it. Who knows? Tolkien. <laughs> Did his <laughs> poems about hobbits. Um, that makes me feel included. <laughs> limericks don't count, then? Um, no. No, okay. I, don't, I, I, th- I think it's probably better to not follow like a structure like that. Yeah. It's just to like start writing and see That's what happens. That's it. That's it. Yeah, because all I'm doing now is going back to like year nine English, like taking like an A B A B, 
Yeah, yeah. Former Rhyming structure. Yeah. <laughs> there was a boy called Max who choked on a Tampax. <laughs> that's it. That's my mind just goes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I knew I knew that you would default to humour. Yeah. Which which is fine. So, but you're challenging me. Mm, maybe I. Yeah, I'm challenging you to not do the humour thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Break break those habits. Oh. Good good habits though they are. Oh, okay. Let's oh, blimey! I'm really yeah, scared about I, this. I'm scared about this. Yeah. And excited. Mm. But more scared. I'd I'm say sixty percent scared. Yeah. Thirty yeah. percent excited. Ten percent just confused. Yeah. Yeah. S- still. <laughs> I mean, other than just like emailing a few times with these people, I haven't thought about what I'm no, doing good. either. So this is it's difficult. But it'd be nice. I think it'd be great. Oh man. There are so many possibilities that that's the scariest part, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That just yeah. That, like it's not even like you've got to write a poem about foxes. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Great starting point. Topical issue, political. That's <laughs> it. But but it's not they're not even saying that. No. It's like it's just poems, man. Just all any poems in the world. Oh god. Okay. So there we go. Well, Challenge I'm buzzing, accepted. I'm buzzing and now also like really Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh man, so these poems will obviously I'm just I'm as if I don't know that we do this podcast already. Yeah. These will be immortalized, immortalized <laughs> in this episode. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, cuz oh, uh, yeah, okay. they're, they're okay for us to record oh, ourselves. Oh man, I need a wee real bad now. Oh god. Okay. I'm really nervous. So it's one of those things. It's, it sounds very like genteel and, yeah, and yeah. sort of um, no. This is ultimate soft. pressure. But yeah, this is pressure. Oh, put me back in a suit of armor. Pressure. I'd rather <laughs> fight with that crazy guy. Pressure on yourself to yeah. make something good. Oh Jesus! So there we go. That's it. But art is art, man. You can't really judge it. Yeah, no, no one can say it's shit because it's all sub- it's all subjective. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'll hide behind. You poem shit, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just get up there and just insult people. Just improv it. And yeah. People will be like, wow, that's really. Avant-garde. Mm. But that's why I did, this wasn't a stand-up comedy I open mic. Avant-garde as well before <laughs> yeah, this yeah. event. Because, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe we should make a rule that we're not allowed to use Google for anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's set that rule. Yeah, yeah. No Google. No Google and no, like... Because <laughs> I'm just Googling words that rhyme <laughs> with... <laughs> <laughs> words that mean love, but better. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. Thesaurus.com. Scared. Oh, God. I really am. So, okay. could, so wait. Can we use online thesauruses? No. 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 Okay, so n- no no help from the internet. It has internet. to be everything that's in your head already. This is going to be very revealing. Mm. If mine happens to be humorous, but like, accidentally, I is that all right? Yeah, I don't think it's possible for you to like If someone laughs, <laughs> you can't stand up and go, fail! <laughs> or, I failed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know, come on, you're a funny guy. It's going to be funny at some point. That's fine. Fine, all right, so... That's okay. But the I think I think the objective no the objective cool. is is not like to make people laugh. No, it's not a stand up gig. No. Okay. Yeah. Now I've I've got to go back to work, you're going off to a job. Yeah. And I've got to sit there and try and write something. Oh god. Okay. Okay, well, I'll meet you tomorrow uh I think six let's say six. Yeah. In Common Garden. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, okay. Brilliant. What time does it start? What time does it kick off? Um, I think it starts about seven, something like that. But we have to get there what to register. Wearing? Nothing. Well, oh, you are going naked. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. What do, what do poetry people wear? I'm going to be wearing all black. A rough. Oh, that's mm. so cool. Bring that back. Mm. I sure. agree. Oh, um, God, right, I'll I wish see. I had a cool hat. <laughs> no, let's do this. Okay, I'm going to go off and write a poem. You're going to go off and write a poem. Tomorrow we're going to get together. We're going to rub our poems together. <laughs> yes! Oh, chuck them in the mix of all the other poems. It's exciting. Poem blend. Mmm.
Lovely little <laughs> poems to fly. Okay. See you there. See you, mate. Bye. Okay. Um, I am. It's one in the morning. I'm in an Uber home with Mohammed. Mohammed, say hello. Yeah. Thank you. There hi. he is. He says hi. Uh, I haven't started writing a poem yet. I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> but I'm performing in, you know, 15 hours or whatever it is, and I'm clueless as to what material I'm going to present. I've just been in an Addison Lee, <laughs> and the driver of that cab was telling me about how he's been having an affair and he's weighing up whether or not he should leave his wife and kids for this woman and how she's got a bit of money and stuff. And it was a quite a... It was an odd moment of people opening up to each other in a <laughs> with a deadline. You know, we were going to arrive at a location. <laughs> I don't know why he chose to open up to me, but maybe that's the material. Maybe that was a sign. I should write something about that. I don't know what Max is going to be writing about. I bet it's really dark. I bet it's, it's proper gothic stuff. He's reaching into his soul for this one. Maybe he needs some help. I should I should really pay attention to his material. Make sure he's all right. <laughs> okay, dear diary, dear poem diary, dear poem. Um, I started writing the poem at like seven, and it's now two a.m. But it's fine because I have finished it. I'm quite I'm. I found it really difficult to begin with and I started thinking about how how do I how do I describe mountains how do I describe rivers how do I how do I connect with nature in the next hour to allow myself to write a poem I mean just ridiculous um so I've kind of gone for a very strong narrative I'm quite I'm quite pleased with it only just cuz it's finished obviously compared to any other poem it's um garbage but um it was an interesting process. I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed having to sort of map out a story in my head and then try and get it down in sort of verse form. It's quite fun. Um, I wonder how Mitch is getting on. Success, though. Poem written. It's in the bank. And uh, I'm going to bed. I've just been for a wee, but I need to go again. Nervous wee now. <laughs> I don't even feel nervous about this. I feel like everyone else is uh, is, is gonna. No, I am nervous. <laughs> so um, we arrived early, very early, and yeah. we just sat, had a nice little coffee, and just vegan sort of cake. Gradually got more nervous. Yeah, um, and, and as poets filtered in, that's when I realised, mm. like, fuck. Do you think you can recognise a poet? Yeah. Describe it. Um, a hat of some description. Mm. If you ain't got a hat, you can't have normal hair. Right. Um, <laughs> the hats are to cover up the fact that you might have normal hair. Like right. Con conventional. Completely kind of different, yeah. Conservative haircut. Okay. Um, once you've gone past the hat, you probably wear glasses. Okay. If you need them or not. Yeah, regardless. I mean, are we being, we're being mean now. We're being gen we've been generalised. You've just asked me to describe what a poet looks like. <laughs> right. I have to be generalised. You're just now. describing what we saw, so there we go. But it's a lovely uh, place yeah. in Common Garden. Just tucked down, it's quite a little... Um, Betterton, Betterton Street. Street. 
nice, just out of the way. Uh, and it's, it's quite buzzy, there's a lot of people arriving. It's really busy. What You just signed us up on the list. Yeah. Um, was it a busy list? So far, I think we were about 12 or 13, yeah. And there's two halves to it. Finishes about 10, he said. So, where were we on the list? Well, he mixes you all up and he chooses you at random. Oh, so you, you have to be constantly ready to go. I constantly can't perform. keep that kind of level of readiness. I know you're not a constant performer, I need Mitch. A, I need a, a, a poetic fluffer. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit, a little bit about my poem. Okay. Okay. That's exciting. So, um, it's called A Boat Named Barbara Hepworth. <laughs> Barbara Hepworth? I'll do that again because I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a Boat Named Barbara Hepworth. That doesn't bode well. I can't even talk. <laughs> That's cool. Nautical theme. Um, not really, no. It's just that that was one of the lines in it and I All thought right. that sounds fun. Okay. And Barbara Hepworth was an artist. Ooh, Ooh so there's a little insight into That's nice, mate. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm using the extremes of my imagination yeah. working in a gallery and then yeah. thinking, I'll oh, do a poem about <laughs> an artist. <laughs> what have I just seen in the last five minutes? Mate, don't worry, because I realised at 1am I still didn't have any, let alone material, I didn't have any like inspiration. Mm. And then the... The, the thing that happened to me at that exact moment, I was like, right, I'll just have to make a poem about that then. And I did. Brilliant. So Brilliant. that's what tonight is. Great. But he said down there, all, all kinds of poetry are welcome. What and does that mean though? Well, just whatever. What are all kinds? Or whatever structure, all whatever. Kinds. All kinds. He said if you want to <laughs> confess something, you can. So we might be in for a rough ride. Anyway. Um, should we go and Is someone admits <laughs> to killing someone? Like, we're not... It's not a clinical... Environment, there's no confidentiality here. I'll report them if they can say something. absolutely covered in plastic sheets. Oh, I mean, God. it's very clinical. <laughs> um, right, let's go and take our seats. And oh, the, can the we next go time, in now? The, well, yeah, the next time Shit. these people hear from us, we'll be up there doing our poetry. Um, oh, God. Unfortunately, we can't record anyone else, just ourselves, but we know we'll be back afterwards. And, and that's because they're all pretentious. No, it's because <laughs> um, I suppose some of these guys might be sampling material before publication. Exactly. Um, but yeah, or let's, they might um, be crackers and admitting to the fact that they just strangled their cat. We'll find out. Let's let's doff our hats and get down there. Let's do this. <laughs> Currently, Max is stood facing a wall on the street, <laughs> doing his poem. I can see his hands going everywhere. Looks like he's having an argument with the wall. <laughs> it looks like he's peeing and arguing with himself about it. Oh, brilliant. It's funny what, what this will do, wouldn't it? The pressure of performance. I suppose I'd better read through mine, actually, because otherwise I'd make a right old tit on myself. Yeah. Okay, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Welcome to the basement of the Poetry Cafe. My name is Niall. I'll be your host for this evening. I've been the host this every week, 13 of the 22 years oh, of this event. Welcome, Max Wilson. Uh, this is called A Boat Named Barbara Hepworth. <laughs> I'm glad you rang, said Annabelle, clinging to the phone. Nobody's called in such a long while, and I'm scared of being alone. Well, that's just what phone a friend is here for, Mrs. T, 
soothed Adam on the line. No one should be without a pal, and after such a difficult time. You'll receive a weekly call from Stephen. We've matched you with this nice young lad. He's a cloakroom boy in a gallery, and he's absolutely art mad. We thought you'd be a right good pair, since your late husband was a painter. You can talk all things Picasso and Monet, Turner, Dali, and all the other ones. <laughs> Annabelle thought, well, really, Ian was a sculptor, but lovely Adam, he couldn't have known. And she cried completely silently at the kindness he had shown. Adam continued, sweetly oblivious. Stephen's got all your details. There's nothing for you to do. He'll call you every Thursday between 1pm and 2. Any feedback, just ring me. That's it for now. Toodaloo. She whiled away the hours, days, imagining this Stephen. Perhaps he's small or maybe tall. Good Lord, he could be American. Or African. Or Corbinista. A homosexual from Bridgend. <laughs> but then she realised that she didn't mind, as long as he'd be her friend. I'm glad you rang, said Annabelle, on that first Thursday, bang on one. I'm glad I called, said Stephen, shyly. Who knows, this could be fun. I never knew my grandparents, he'd reveal in the weeks and months ahead. I hardly know my parents now, since they found that boy in my bed. It seems they'd rather have no son than the one they have that's gay. And Stephen was frightened to tell Annabelle to admit he was that way. What would she say? I used to think that it was wrong, Annabelle had said. But now I know important things do not depend on what one does privately in bed. I had a son, you know. He died when he was nine. When I close my eyes, I can be with him. It's how I like to pass the time. They talked of cats in YouTube clips, how Richard Maidley can't be trusted, of Brexit, Trump, and nuclear war, and her old green Ford is rusted, and of how they would spend the lottery win to buy a boat named Barbara Hepworth, trading British rains for far exotic plains and to sail the corners of the earth. I've got a gift I want to send you, said Annabelle one day. It's a sculpture of a boat, my favourite of Ian's. It could be Barbara Hepworth and it needs a new place to stay. No, no, you keep it, please, came Stephen's quick reply. I think the boat should stay at home. Honest, I don't need nothing, I promise, except to talk to you on the phone. Because even though we've never met, and I only hear your voice a little each week, you've kind of become my best friend. My old bestie, so to speak. A balmy Thursday, just before one, Stephen rushed to make the call. He'd met this boy, handsome, called Dan, a dancer, who'd taken a shine to him as, as he kept coming to the cloakroom, pretending he'd lost his coat again. He couldn't wait for her to answer. Hello, Stephen. It's Adam from Phone a Friend. I'm sorry, pal, to tell you this, but are you sitting down? Have you got someone who's there with you? You'll need somebody around. We're really sorry, Stephen, but Annabelle's passed away. They think they died late last week, but they only found her today. We just wanted to thank you deeply for many years of Thursday fun, and that she phoned in once to tell me that she thought of you like a son. <laughs> Timing is what they used to call, in the old blue-collar professions I once had in my life, uh, shaving your ass. <laughs> for exactly four minutes there, wow. Thanks. Another first-timer, please welcome Mitch Hunt. Yeah. Evening all. Um, 
I had a late night last night. This is it. <laughs> last night, my taxi became a confessional. My driver turned confessor, put aside the conduct of a professional, and poured out his soul, drowning out the radio. He was conflicted at a crossroads. We were stationary at a T-junction. But his story carried on going. I couldn't help but wonder if I was the first fair to hear it, this story of adultery. The thought of him telling his previous passenger made me jealous and I felt cheated. <laughs> By the time we passed the Houses of Parliament, I'd decided. I'd sided with his spouse. Secretly, though, we were still miles from my house. He said he'd met the other woman on the job, this job, taxi driving. She'd sat where I was seated. A brilliantly immersive storytelling device. <laughs> but it made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I racked my brain for a joke to make about that trip's true price. He didn't get my joke. Which increased my uneasiness. And I came to the conclusion that silence was my safest bet. My safety blanket of humour had been lost in translation. And his unprovoked prose pushed on with no halt or hesitation. As he set forth his case, I sat in the back. The taxi felt quite crowded with me, the judge, jury and executioner. And I hadn't realised the amount of baggage when I'd got in. Mine was somehow somewhere beneath it all. It felt nice to know Ali's problems were far greater than mine. It was then that it dawned on me that everything was inside this galaxy. That was the model of his car. <laughs> the entire gift and curse of humanity. You see, Ali and I didn't know each other from Adam, and yet from Adam we'd both come. Fragments of the original singularity. Here were two souls drifting along the embankment. One seeking solace in the other, the other just wanting to get home. But really get home. Home in the real sense. Get back there. To my home. My real home. Like my actual fucking home with my bed and my phone charger. <laughs> Thanks very much. Cheers. Boo the galaxy joke. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as a dad, that was right up my alley. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was great. It was amazing. It's the first time that we've both done anything like that. Nerve wracking and brilliant. All at once. But it's a very supportive environment, which is obviously something that's important for people who haven't done it before. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about this event and how long it's been going for and what your involvement is with it? So it's been running for 22 years, um, since 1996. So I started going when I was 21 in the first year, but it was running and I took over as a host uh, after, so it's a guy called John Citizen who started it all. Mm. Then a guy called Carl took it over for five, four, three, four-ish years after that. And then I took over in 2004. Okay. I've been running it since then. Yeah, oh so, yeah, 14 years, actually. I was saying 13, it's 14 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you must have lots of regulars that come back sort of all the time. And Quite a few, yeah. yeah. But they, they, there seem to be weird little patterns with all of them. So you have some people that are regular, but they come here like every six weeks. You have some people that come here 
they kind of binge for about 10 weeks and then they kind of yeah, vanish yeah, yeah. for a little while and come back. Yeah. So yeah, all yeah. these little converging patterns of people sort of coming in and out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon brings people here? Because obviously, like you say, you've got the regulars, but there, are, there were more newcomers than just us experimenting yeah, yeah. on a podcast. Mm-hmm. What brings people? Um, I think that people just... Poetry is such an immediate art form and so people when they feel that they have something to write something to communicate poetry is one of the sort of easiest ways that people i mean painting a picture making a film recording a podcast all of these have certain sort of things that you have to master certain processes certain stages you have to go through normally writing a poem whether it's considered a great poem or a not great poem you end up you're on your own and you write it and I think people just need to get it. This feels that something has to come out. And this is a nice way. So I think a lot of people write poetry, but they're at the same time made to feel, perhaps by their old English teachers and perhaps because of how poetry is still sort of portrayed, that mm. they've done something wrong, that their poem is bad, that if they share it, everyone will immediately pick it apart and tell them how it doesn't work. Yeah. And one nice thing is when people come here, they're just in a room full of other people from all walks of life, some of them from walks of life that they might not experience even. Mm. And the audience, it's nothing to be scared of and the audience is sympathetic and actually it's a lot more people are writing poetry than we might think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it feels like um, obviously people talk about stuff which is very personal to them or a poem will be inspired by something sort of emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's kind of a good way to sort your own head out and sort of it's quite therapeutic in that way it is there was a there was an article written about in the times health supplement years ago where um, someone wrote about the therapeutic aspects of poetry readings Hmm. and a a sub-editor decided they had to remove all references to poetry from the article they ended up they ended up calling it stand-up sharing right (laughs) catchy (laughs) exactly it didn't catch on, but there's something I understand about that, definitely. There's probably is a therapeutic aspect. I sell it to punters as a people-watching experience, mm. which is um, you get people from all walks of life, people you might not have met. So sometimes you'll have someone who's a big corporate lawyer reading their poem, and then the person after them is a caretaker on a housing estate. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they might actually have a beer afterwards and so on. So it's sort of... I kind of say that you see all these people that you might not experience in your normal day-to-day social circles and life and you get that little extra thing where they kind of take something personal or something that they've created and they present it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's interesting about the night. Yeah. And what's what's the clicking? Because, like, I've never seen that before. And (laughs) the way I understand it is, like, when something really resonates with you and you kind of... You're, you're with someone is that is the clicking an expression of your support for them like, yeah it comes from as I said tonight it comes from so many the clicking has been a different thing in different phases we yeah, started yeah. off with the beat poets who did use to click things that they thought were right on yeah. then the earliest forms of slam poetry but the click was actually a negative thing but recently right. <laughs> I think in the last 10 years and this has come from the states again the clicking is like a little how can you react to a poem and there's, there's, you can laugh at the funny bits you can clap at the end of a poem, but sometimes people are saying things in poems that you really appreciate, but it feels inappropriate to laugh or clap. Yeah. Or maybe hum. So the thing you can do the deep. Mm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, Distracting. Yeah. That yeah. noise you make when someone you really love cooks you something that tastes terrible. Yeah. So yes, the finger click seems to, with a certain generation, I think, has taken over. 
as yeah. a way of yeah and they used it tonight which was quite nice when someone forgot their poem yeah. and everyone started clicking their fingers in a kind of supportive way yeah yeah so, yeah so yeah that was interesting yeah I'm not used to being clicked at supportively <laughs> <laughs> it feels like someone's ordering a drink from me yeah <laughs> So my name's Oliver Fox. I mainly do marketing and communications at the Poetry Society. I also look after our awards programmes. So I look after the National Poetry Competition and the Ted Hughes Award for New Work in Poetry. Those two big projects take up the bulk of my time here at the Poetry Society. I also work on a lot of our adult programming. So our various gigs and events and things. We try and be the poetry organisation for everyone. So whether you're a writer right at the start of your career or you're a very established poet with loads of collections behind you and you've won loads of prizes, we kind of, we're an organisation for both those camps and everyone in between. We publish a quarterly magazine called The Poetry Review that's edited by Emily Berry and that kind of showcases some of the best new contemporary poetry uh, being written in English today. Mm. We do loads of education work, getting poets into schools. We run a big youth competition called the Four Young Poets of the Year Award. We have a very active community on Twitter and Facebook and through our website, we publish lots of poetry and we're a membership organisation. So we have members who get our magazine, they get a publication called Poetry News. We mm. run competitions and kind of smaller things throughout the year for our members. It's kind and of yeah. the go-to place for all things poetry. In yeah, or at least your first port of call. Poetry in the UK, um, as well as in London, is, I think, really thriving at the moment. There's loads of organisations doing loads of amazing stuff. And so I think for a lot of people, especially people that maybe aren't too familiar with poetry or haven't really been involved with poetry since they're at school, yeah. we might be the first port of call where they sort of dip their toes in and mm. discover what new, modern, living, breathing writers are doing today. And you know, it's usually a pleasant surprise for people, right? Who, whose idea of poetry might be like the war poets that they studied yeah. under duress at <laughs> yeah. GCSE English, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more going on and it's a lot more kind of vibrant and exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think our demographic is really broad. So the National Poetry Competition mm. last year, for example, our youngest entrant was 17 and our oldest entrant was, I want to say, 104. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> there isn't really one specific poetry demographic. Um, okay. There's definitely lots of kind of smaller poetry subcultures and mm. writing groups and, you know, certain poets that might court a certain demographic. But when you think about kind of poetry as an art form, it's all kinds of people from all walks of life, mm. which, yeah, was a surprise to me when I, when I started at the Poetry Society, but I think is one of the, the best things about this art form, really, is that it can kind of be all things to all people, yeah. right? There are so, I mean, you probably came across this at the open mic, right? There's no, like, one poetic form that everyone's doing. All kinds of, like, artistic constructs can be poetry. You can yeah, make yeah. it what you want. There are very few, few rules in terms of what you can and can't do. I mean, it means people can like bring their own selves into poetry, mm. into art rather. I think a lot of people are into poetry but don't realise it. They might have seen a poet like Kate Tempest or a poet like Holly McNeish on yeah. YouTube or on Facebook. 
both of those poets have won the Ted Hughes Award for new work in poetry. Mm. I think social media makes poetry a lot more accessible, right? Mm. It's like, generally, like, there are some really, really long poems out there. Mm. But there are a lot of poems that are shorter that you can read on your commute or yeah, yeah. that you can very comfortably like scroll through on, you know, on your Facebook feed. Right. And that just means more people are both sharing poems and more people are discovering poems and realizing like, oh, this is something that like I enjoy and that I can connect to and understand. It isn't like this weird arcane thing that I have to sit and overanalyze and work out the hidden meaning, right? Like some poems are really good at being Rubik's cubes. And, mm. you know, if you're into that, which probably a lot of people, you know, who work at the Poetry Society are into that, myself included, that's mm. great. But like, that isn't all kinds of poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a very specific kind of thing for a very specific kind of poetry nerd like myself. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are put off by poetry because of the way they were, you know, as I said before, made to mm. study it in school. Mm. Um, but there are a broad range, you know, there's a, as broad a range of approaches and genres as in any art form. And to just say I don't like any poetry, it's kind of like saying, I don't like any music, or I won't watch any films. It's like, well, yeah, there's, yeah. there's probably something that like, you can really sink your teeth into and that will really speak to you. It's yeah, just yeah. a matter of finding that stuff. You know, it doesn't all have to be really arcane and unknowable. Um, there's a poet from New Zealand called Hero Lindsay Bird who has a poem about how Monica is the worst character in Friends. Okay. And it's <laughs> a seriously good poem that wouldn't be out of place in any of the big serious brow-furrowing literary yeah, journals. Yeah, yeah. But it is also very effortlessly, like hilariously funny. It's a really good poem. I think it went viral on BuzzFeed a year or so ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, poetry is, I think, more accessible than the cliche of the poet lets on. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd encourage people to just keep an eye out. If they like it, try and find more. Um, our website, poetrysociety.org.uk, is a good resource. Um, the National Poetry Library has a really good listing of events. Um, type that into Google, you'll find it really quickly. And Poetry London, if you're based in London, has a really good listing of events and magazines and things. And then, this, so this is my final question, mm -hmm. which was my racking my brains thinking of a killer question. Yeah. A bit more deeper philosophical. Kill me with your ask. question. Does poetry have the power to change people's lives? Um, yeah. It because, does. Because something I've noticed from the people mm -hmm. who I've already met yeah. here is they use poetry as mm -hmm. a way of dealing with yep. difficult things in their lives. Or Definitely. It's you know, part of that mental process of trying to work something out. Definitely. Um, and there are lots of great poets who do so much work in schools, in prisons, with refugees, with people that have suffered like the most intense, horrible violence. And they use poetry as a form of therapy, as a form of dealing with your thoughts and resting mm. a sense of control over your experiences and channeling them into something kind of artistic and profound. So on like the writing side is people who write poetry. I think poetry as a way to process trauma is like, yeah, it can be like a really amazing thing. Um, but even for readers of poetry, I think something that we see more and more is that when people are looking for a way to express something you know in the wake of a terrible tragedy and they're not sure how because life is kind of messy and complicated and mm. even though we're all on twitter and we're used to kind of giving hot takes and boiling things down to a like a snappy statement a lot of the time you can't really do that and mm. so people have been turning to poetry to help express sentiments that can't really be expressed in like direct speech right you know something might be bigger or might feel like a 
a bigger set of emotions than just saying, you know, I feel sad or this is bad, right? In the wake of the terrible Manchester bombings last year, um, a poet named Tony Walsh kind of his poem called This Is The Place became a rallying cry for the people of Manchester, this kind of poem that embodied the spirit of Manchester. Um, when the MP Joe Cox was murdered in 2016, um, a member of staff at the Poetry Society, kind of without really thinking too much about it, just kind of out of grief, posted this Philip Larkin poem, The Mower, um, the last line of which is, we should be careful of each other, we should be kind while there is still time. And, you know, this tweet in the midst of a whole load of other tweets in the day just kind of took off and people mm. were clearly using it as a way to express their grief. And, you know, it doesn't all have to be to express grief. A lot of people will use poetry to express things in life that they find joyful, but in a way that is mm. hard to easily encapsulate. So I think more and more poetry is becoming a lens through which people kind of can sort of ref refract their lives and experiences into Mm. something kind of meaningful and focused and profound. Okay, here we go. Outro let's, on the fly. Let's, let's just let's Let, let's, let's catch up on what just happened there. Well, let's continue this thoroughly well-planned episode. As you can hear, we're back in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we've been more mobile with this one. It made me realise that we don't need to stuff ourselves into a tiny little recording room. We can be out and about. With all of those chains and everything, it's horrible. <laughs> With your sex swing bashing me in the face. Poetry. Um, that was cool, man. It was good, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, do you know what I found really interesting? Yeah. That's the first community whereby they, they've more actively questioned us on what we do and who we are than we yeah. have. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Still open, but just very questioning. Yeah. Yeah. And not in an intrusive way. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, it's. I feel like um, that. That so far, that's been the one where we've met the biggest gr uh, range of people. Yeah. Like the we were joking about what does a poet look like. Actually, you do not fucking know, because no. there was every type of person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just. I mean, okay. Going to be honest, there were a few crazies, but that's okay. The last dude, you mean? <laughs> well, no, no, not no. the last one. You know the one I mean. <laughs> the guy that ran in. He had his own entrance plan and everything. He had his own. I, I thought he was an actor, like doing a show. I didn't know show. what was going on. And he tried to sell me his book after. I was like, <laughs> oh, none of it, sir. Anyway, uh, let's move on from him. But, yeah. but um, yeah, it was cool. Lovely poem, mate. Great stuff. No, I mean, thank you. And lovely poem, you, mate. Oh, that thanks, Mitchell. Real sensitive edge, didn't it? I like that. Uh, I just, yeah, I feel very strongly that, you know, old, lonely people should be heard and they should have friends. They should, mate. It's I think that was actually people. really touching. Thank you. And, um, yeah, just very funny, Mitchell. I mean, play to your strengths. <laughs> at the end of the day, when you're at three in the morning, <laughs> you've run out of juice. What are you going to write? Oh, not that kind of juice, I hope. <laughs> That's why it took me so long to write it. Um, oh, dear. Um, that, was, that was cool. That's actually something I will go back to again. Yeah, yeah, I think I will. It's like, it's right in the heart of Common Garden. It's very easy to get to. Yeah. And listeners, if you feel like you could whop out a bit of poetry, yeah. then write get it down. poems out. Spend four quid. Bargain. <laughs> Cheap as chips. Uh, right, listener. So, um, this episode on the fly is coming to an end <laughs> we're coming right. into uh, Covent Garden Tube and so that means we have to go uh, if you've enjoyed what we do if you like us please like us then like give us, us a review give us a review subscribe 
and just share the joy. And if you well, can think of an adventure that you'd like us to go on with you, then keep that to yourself, you dirty little pervert. Or email thecuriousadventuresof at gmail.com. Okay. Um, next time, it's our finale, Mitch. It's the last one. I'm saddened. That's horrible. Darkness has come over me. I'm feeling mm, all poetic. Um, so tune in. Shiver up my spine. <laughs> tune in next time for Dude. our finale. That's it. Get in touch for. No, not don't, don't get in no. touch. Just touch me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh God. Oh, I feel sad now. Don't I feel worry. Like you're moving away. <laughs> I know. It's like moving countries or something. Let's, um, just, let's just get on the train and forget forget about the final episode. If we never release it, it never has to happen, right? Exactly. Okay, listener. See you next time. We love you. Bye. Bye. The Curious Adventures of Max and Mitch was created, recorded and produced by Max Wilson and Mitchell Hunt with artwork by Don Wilson, music by Bill Kassir and voiceover by Daisy May. Find them on Twitter and Instagram at Max and Mitch or search for them on Facebook, Podbean and SoundCloud. Even more curious? Then why not drop them an email? thecuriousadventuresof at gmail.com 